when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we look ahead to the coming days and some of the events that are going to be moving markets and possibly shaping investment decisions. I'm Robert Miller. This week, that means trade deals galore for post-Brexit Britain and a Wall Street earnings season that's likely to determine the trading conditions this summer on both sides of the Atlantic. I'm joined in the studio by Alexandra Freen, a business columnist, and on the line from New York, we have our US business editor, James Dean. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. James, can I start with you? And the recent talks between Prime Minister Theresa May and President Donald Trump, this is what the president had to say. I'd like to thank Prime Minister May for being with us. We've had tremendous talks. There is no country that could possibly be closer than our country for a long time. And I just want to say thank you very much. We are working on a trade deal, which will be a very, very big deal, very powerful deal, great for both countries. And uh, I think we'll have that done very, very quickly. We have all of our trade people. We have uh, Wilbur Ross with us. We have all of the trade people. Rex uh, and I had a tremendous meeting yesterday with President Putin, and we've had really great meetings with a lot of people having a lot today, but uh, Prime Minister May and I have developed a very special relationship, and I think trade will be a very big factor between our two countries. Do we really believe it's going to be that easy? Um, It's certainly not going to be that easy. I think if we kind of cast our minds back to the start of the year, the Times had Donald Trump on record saying that he was going to pretty much do the same thing, that a deal with Britain would be, I can't remember which superlative he used that time, but it was going to be something like, it was going to be great, it was going to be done quickly. I mean, he he essentially just said the same thing that he said in January. It's difficult to put a time frame on very quickly because um, a lot of things for the president seem to want going to be happening very quickly or in two weeks' time is his favourite, and then they never happen. Looking at actually what's going on, the US has more important things to do than cut a trade deal with the UK right now. In fact, it can't actually sign a trade deal with the UK right now, obviously, because we have to wait until Britain's outside of the EU before that can happen first kind of on the agenda is the North American Free Trade Agreement with the US and Canada. That needs to be renegotiated. Um, Second on the agenda 
is the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership with the EU. That's already gone through, I think, 14 rounds of negotiations. So it's way, way further down the line than any any talks with Britain at the moment. You've had uh, Robert Lighthizer, the US trade representative, who is America's most senior trade negotiator, talking about getting TTIP talks underway after the German elections. So that was this year, whereas obviously, as I say, Britain can't really do any trade talks until after it leaves the union. It doesn't mean to say that you know, discussions can't be had between the parties. If you were trying to take a positive little out of what the president said recently about a quick trade deal, then, you know, if there's a political imperative to get something done quickly, then perhaps that's a positive. But the fact is, he said all this before. Nothing can happen until these other things are out of the way and nothing can happen until Britain's outside of the EU. So all in all, I think it's um, it's more of the same. And I think it's as usual with the president, it's a little bit OTT. I think it's really important also, James is perfectly right to to point out that the United States trade negotiations with the European Union and with the Pacific Rim countries, I mean, those are talks that went on for literally years under the Obama regime. And the idea that you can throw together a trade deal um, very quickly is is just, you know, it's, it's unrealistic. Admittedly, this would be a, a one-to-one, but still, you need to have letters of intent. You need to have an agenda for your trade talks. You need to have a negotiating mandates. You need to have negotiating teams. You need to um, put all your ducks in a row even before talks can start. And we haven't got any of these. So I think we need to treat you know, Donald Trump's assertion that this is going to happen very, very quickly with the kind of credibility we give to all of his other statements. I think also it's really important to take on board that this isn't just the Americans. I I think that on the British side, I think there's an air of unreality about the way British ministers are talking about trade talks with our partners. And we have to remember that this is such a big deal. And yet the people in charge don't appear to understand how these things work. David Davis, who's supposed to be in charge of all of this, you know, he said some months ago that, you know, well, it's fine because Britain can just start uh, trade negotiations with Germany. No, we can't. Germany can't do that. That would be illegal for Germany to do because it's part of the EU. Um, He also said that he would expect negotiations between Britain and its other global trade partners to be over in 12 to 24 months. Well, first of all, none of those talks have started. And second of all, those deals don't exist. So I don't know what trade deals he's talking about. The idea also that trade deals are all about tariffs as well is also, I think, you know, misplaced. And really, a lot of it is about regulations. Also, Donald Trump seems to be treating trade negotiations as a matter of national sovereignty. That's not how it works. So I find the whole thing really worrying. Just going back to to the point that Alex made, actually, about the understanding of how trade deals work, um, on the US side as well, I think as we reported earlier this year, there seems to be there seems to have been a misunderstanding from the president of what could be done with the EU and with Britain. He met Angela Merkel earlier this year, and he appeared not to understand the fact that the EU negotiates trade deals as a single block. So there is one negotiating team for all EU countries, not a separate negotiating team for each EU country. And and what his administration was doing earlier this year was contacting individual EU countries saying, would you like to do a bilateral trade deal? So, you know, US with one EU country rather than the block as a whole. And obviously that failed because, as Alex said earlier, if you're in the EU, it is illegal to negotiate a trade deal with another country. So I think as this dawned on the president, which 
into, I don't know, he would have thought that it might be something he would know, then it became quite clear that perhaps it might be easier to negotiate with the EU as a whole. So in terms of misunderstanding, that that seemed like a fairly huge one. James, if I could ask you, because you first and and, and then Alex, this wouldn't be so bad if we could all take it, as as we might surmise, uh, with a pinch of salt and say, well, negotiations indeed are going to be much, much harder. But the fact is, to some extent or to a larger extent, a lot of investors are actually buying into this. So they're making investment decisions and calls based on something that is going to take a very long time. That's unhealthy, isn't it? I mean, absolutely, it's unhealthy. I mean, that spans not just UK-US trade deal, but every other potential deal or deal that we might have or might not have in the coming years. I mean, you you can argue it's somewhat easier for large international businesses to deal with this, especially if they have operations abroad. They can, you know, if they're operating in the US, they can still rely on US kind of regulations and deals with other countries because obviously they're the subject to the law in that country. But for smaller businesses within the UK, it's just an incredible amount of uncertainty to be having to deal with, especially if they export to other countries. So I do not envy them. I would not want to be in their position. But Again, it's just, you know, you'd hope that maybe the government could bring us some clarity now that we're getting month by month closer to the Article 50 deadline. But that is, uh, you know, that does not seem to be happening at the moment. Well, I know that I've just spent the the podcast so far talking about the air of unreality that surrounds the, the political debate about trade deals. But, you know, maybe the investors are just taking the view that somehow we will muddle through and that somehow sense will prevail because it has to. You know, we cannot stop the wheels of industry and trade and exports and imports. That That's just, that's not an option. And maybe, you know, maybe we all, the UK just goes back on World Trade Organization tariffs, which, you know, are not always that punishing. There might be 3% on imports or something um, for a while until we sort things out. So maybe that's what the investors' view is, is that the, the wheels of trade are going to go on turning the the tariffs may be changed over time. We might just start off with WTO tariffs. Who knows? We might abolish import tariffs. That's what some economists are uh, advocating. They think it will actually um, boost household wealth. But I think the, the point that James makes is very pertinent is for smaller companies, that kind of scenario is less helpful because uh, 3% tariff might be very, very harmful to them. They might find it harder to absorb. So maybe that's what's in the mind of the investors. All right, well, one of the things that's uh, moving on, something that's going to underpin all this, of course, is something that we can get a handle on, the forthcoming earnings season. It's particularly pertinent in America. I suppose it's the second quarter of the year or the first half of the year over there, James. We've had Wall Street recently hitting another all-time high. So the market is factoring in some ways, presumably, a quite successful earnings season in in the coming days and weeks? I don't think it's going to be quite as good as the last quarter. I mean, if we look specifically at the the financial sector and uh, the big US banks, the consumer lenders and the Wall Street banks, they benefited, or most of them perhaps, except for Goldman Sachs, benefited well last quarter from improved trading revenue, some of them across the board. So we're talking about fixed income bonds and currencies, that sort of thing, and also in equities as well. Still a lot of strength there, but it's it's not expected to be quite as good a quarter this quarter, partly because the markets have been less volatile. And obviously, if you're trading in less volatile markets, you're not likely to make quite as much money. Also, what's happening at the moment is we know now that 
the so-called Trump trade, as in the huge amount of activity that pushed markets to record highs based on Donald Trump's promises for tax cuts, corporate and personal, and healthcare spending, defense spending, all those sorts of things. That's not a factor anymore because to this day, the Republicans have not managed to get their healthcare bill through Congress. So that is still stuck. I mean, we've got to the point now where, you know, the August recess has been delayed so that the Republicans can try and get this bill through because that is the thing at the front of the queue that is clogging up everything else behind it. Tax cuts, infrastructure spending, pretty much nobody sane expects any of that to happen this year. And most people are saying they don't even expect it to happen next year. Obviously, next year as well, there's, you've got other things in the mix now as well. You've got talk of impeachment. You've had Democrats, you know, filing articles of impeachment. So that's become more of an issue. That's kind of unsettling if you're in the markets. Um, you also have the issue of the midterms next year as well. Now, if the president's approval rating is anything to go by, it's not going to be a particularly good time for the Republicans in the midterm elections next year. And obviously, if Democrats somehow get control of the House or the Senate, then that healthcare bill, if it's still around, is not going to go through and nor is much else on the Trump agenda. So I think for the coming quarter, there's a realisation that, you know, less is being driven by politics, more by markets. More Markets have been a bit flat. So I think the expect, expectations are lower. But again, you know, they're, they're, they're not bad expectations at all. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I think it's a huge shame that he went for health reform before tax reform, because I think he could have pushed through tax reform. Everybody in the corporate sector and a lot of people, uh, private individuals, would have supported it. The American tax system is overly complex. Uh, taxes are too high. And, you know, we think of America as a, as a low tax country, but actually there are so many different taxes and tax credits. It's so complex that it doesn't help anyone, individual or corporate. And I think he could have had a quick win on that. And it's, it's a shame that he, he didn't really uh, capitalise on the, on the support he had in both houses of Congress, because as you say, he's going to hit the midterms next year. And that's when he, you know, congressmen and senators who are nervous about their re-election chances, they are going to act in ways that get them re-elected, not in ways that get Donald Trump re-elected. And that's where the whole agenda will change again. Uh, looking out over the summer months, James, what do you see ahead? Yeah, I think just, just going back to uh, what I mentioned before, um, I think it's going to be perhaps a calmer one than we've had since um, uh, presidential elections in November last year. I mean, I don't see any kind of big cloud on the horizon. I don't see anything particularly much happening. It's going to be fairly, fairly mellow kind of time. But um, again, with this administration, you never know. And if, if the kind of Russia collusion allegations actually reach ahead, and if there is actually any successful bid towards impeaching the president, then obviously there will be the political trouble will spill over into markets. But the likelihood at the moment, I think over the next three months, and obviously hating making these sort of predictions, but I don't think over the next quarter we're going to see any major political upheavals. Well, all I would say is is that I think in the UK, you know, the summer on the political front is going to be dominated by Britain's negotiating stance with the EU. And... I think that's going to be really, really problematic. But I think for, you know, for the rest of our readers, I think one a big story is going to be, you know, the housing market and, and how the steam is going out of that. Possibly a really, really good thing uh, for people hoping to get on that, the housing ladder. Ladder, but I think that will be a big story. All right. Well, thank you both very much. I'll still think about it there. But uh, basically, a nice 
cloud-free summer. That's what we're hoping for anyway. Uh, just to remind you, watch out for financial updates. They'll be coming from Sports Direct, which now has a 25% stake in Game Digital. Might learn more about that. Wizair, moneysupermarket.com and Unilever. There'll be a host of trading updates from the miners. So watch out for those. Give you a clue on commodity prices. You'll find that and all the other news and analysis online on your phones, tablets, in the paper. And if you'd like to become a subscriber, do go to thetimes.co.uk. You'll also then be able to receive our daily morning and lunchtime bulletins. If you want to hear us weekly, do subscribe through iTunes and uh, you can post your comments there if you'd like to. We'd like to hear from you. My thanks to Alexandra Freen and James Dean. They're both on Twitter, so please do follow them. Thanks for listening. Please join us again next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.